This episode's brought to you by RX Bar. Okay, so if you guys follow along on Snapchat, you know I am obsessed with RX Bars. I'm very, very, very picky about my bars, and these ones are legit. There's no BS. They're basically a whole food protein bar that stands out. It's a bar that cuts through the cluttered world of protein bars. They have ones with nuts and dates. They all have 12 grams of protein. So if I'm in a pinch and need to eat something quick, I just throw it in my purse and it's there. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and contain no added sugar or artificial ingredients, which I love. There's nine flavors. Mine is definitely the peanut butter, but they also have chocolate sea salt, blueberry, coconut chocolate, maple sea salt, and coffee. I also like the apple cinnamon one. So there's so many bars out there, and most of them are full of crap. Definitely check them out if you're looking for something with no artificial ingredients, added sugars, and who knows what else. Perfect for an on-the-go breakfast, pre-post-workout fuel, or midday snack at the office. Everyone will find a bar they love with RX Bars. So as you can see, RX Bars are the new love of my life. New customers get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to rxbar.com slash the skinny. Seriously, you guys, you will love these. Go to rxbar.com slash the skinny. All right, let's get this show on the road. The following program is a podcast1.com presentation. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Uh-huh. Okay, and we're back again. Wow, you perfected that. I make him do it even when we're not podcasting. She makes me do it at dinner, when I come home in the house, when I show up at the office. When we're sleeping. In the morning, when we wake sex. up. I think we like it's. We look at each other, we're both shocked that we made it another day in the morning, wake up, and I say we're back again. <laughs> Still on this side of the dirt. I'm Lauren Everts, creator of the blog and brand The Skinny Confidential. And I'm Michael Bostick, entrepreneur, internet marketer, brand consultant, podcaster, husband. Chihuahua Whisper. Chihuahua Whisper. Lately, you've been a real Chihuahua Whisper. Yep. Can't stop, huh? All right, so before we get into the show, we want to thank you guys for subscribing, listening, and rating the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast on iTunes. We so appreciate the reviews and your messages. They make my day. If you guys haven't rated or reviewed or subscribed, go to iTunes and please do it. So we're very excited today because we are interviewing Allie Hilfiger. And why I'm especially excited about this is because I read her book, Bite Me, and I loved it. I felt like her and I were having a conversation, basically, when I was reading her book. And it was really authentic and raw, um, and I highly recommend it. So today we have a lot of different questions for her. Yeah, I got a couple questions of my own. Like what? You'll see when we get into it. You love to prep, huh? Yeah, I like to prep. I like to get some interesting questions so we can extract the juiciest information. I don't like that word juicy. That sounds a little perverted, huh? Yeah, it sounds super juicy. Anyways, the questions will not be perverted. They're just good questions. No, we're going to ask her about her struggle with Lyme. We're going to talk to her about her journey. She has a little girl, her husband, or her fiancé. They're getting married. Her fiancé, yes. We have Taylor here. I don't know what what's what's going on. Tell me so about recently, what's going on. So recently, I'm, I'm having Taylor follow us around with a camera. I'm actually mic'd up right now. I'm hot. The mic is hot. And um, he's basically just filming our every move. 
and I don't know what I'm going to do with the footage, if anything, but I wanted to have it. We, can, we could put it together and maybe do like, we'll see, like, maybe the audience can chime in and see if they, what, what they would like. Maybe we do a weekly episode, maybe we just do a video once in a while, but basically I just wanted to like document instead of create and just document exactly it is what we do on a daily basis when it comes to what we're working on, what we're, where we're traveling, when we're in the studio, interacting with friends and family, just kind of like a behind the scenes look like an extended snapchat kind of basically like we want to have a place on youtube where you guys can go and watch an extended snapchat all the behind the scenes um what we do on a day-to-day basis taylor's been watching our every move i mean i feel like i was sleeping today and you were right there with the camera it takes some getting used to right like we were all at dinner last night me you taylor and mimi and he's got the giant camera and i'm mic'd up and you know people people look um strange but i think you know it's 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 starting to be more accepted. People are like, okay, they're probably doing something for the internet, or they're probably doing something for YouTube. And I think, you know, a few years ago, it would have been really awkward to walk into a restaurant with somebody falling with a camera, but it's starting to be a little bit more accepted. So now he has a mic, headphones, cords hanging down him, and his phone. So I'm blessed. You're going to thank me later when we have all this amazing footage, or maybe maybe not, depending on yeah, what... Yeah, Taylor, you better be getting a good angle. You need lighting or something. I don't know what that thing is that you're holding underneath the camera. What I like about this is there is no, like, lighting and prep, or, like, this is not this is not produced. It's literally he's just following us around with a raw camera. I was trying to eat lentils and goat sheets last night, and Taylor was right up in that. Oh, trust me, we know. We got it. We reviewed the footage. <laughs> is it good? It's... Well, it depends how you define good, but it's, yeah, it's... Oh, we'll see. Yeah. I get first approval. Might not make final cut, All right. but it's something I'll save for forever. I'm fine with that. Taylor had some weird medley that was like pasta with clams and mussels, and we need to film him eating that. Yeah. Well, whenever Taylor orders, I try not to look at the plate. I just don't even look in his direction. Taylor slept on a blow-up mattress last night on my bed of nails. He decided to take my pillow, sleep on it, put him right out, and then he awoke this morning to his heavy metal alarm where he has to solve a math problem to turn it off. So why don't you tell us about that, I'm going to tell the funniest story about that. He was telling me, you know, because I give him shit all the time, like, listen, man, you got to be up on time. You got to be in the office on time. And Taylor is a night owl, right? So he he's not an early riser. And so... You what, don't say. Yeah. Surprising. So what he did was he installed... I'm not sure what the app was, um, but he installed... An, what's it called? Alarming. Alarming. Uh, he installed... It's an, alarming. Yeah. He installed an app on your phone that... It sounds absolutely terrible, but... It basically prohibits you from hitting the snooze button and the sleep button. It continuously goes off over and over and over again until you solve a series of puzzles or um, patterns. I think there's one that you have to like shake, but the, the setting that he put it on was math equations. And there's easy, medium, and hard settings depending on he went for medium your skill level. And so the first day he was telling me he put it on medium, and you have 10 seconds to solve each math equation. And he couldn't solve them quick enough, so the phone just kept rattling and going and going, and it got him so fired up and pissed off that he had to go into his phone apps and actually uninstall the app to get the alarm to turn off. I was dying laughing. And what was even creepier was that around 8 a.m. or 8.30 maybe, another alarm went off that was heavy metal music, and I told Taylor that if I was hooking up with him and that alarm went off, I would be out the door and he would never see my ass again. Yeah, I had to drive with him yesterday in the car, and his music of choice was like Bloodthirsty Atheist or something like that. It was just screaming 
metal. So And then you put on Piano Bar Spotify and he was loving it. I'm really into Piano Bar Spotify these days. He took a nap. He took about four naps yesterday, huh? Yep. Okay, you guys. So before we get into the interview with Ali Hilfiger, I am going to tell you about Michael Lauren. Yes, it's called Michael Lauren. Lauren with an E though, not a Y. So it's kind of amazing because I'm actually wearing Michael Lauren's black flares right now. They sent me some and they are so comfortable, but they're also chic and they cover my shoes too. Like, you know, when you wear high heel shoes and you kind of want the whole shoe covered. So just the point kind of peeks out and they're super slimming. So I'm a fan. They also sent me their leopard onesie with a hood. Mimi is so excited for me to wear it tonight on our sleepover. It's going to be very cute. I'll be Snapchatting it. So Michael Lauren delivers casually chic on-trend options for all occasions, and they have a special offer for the Skinny Confidential listeners. All you have to do is go to michaellaurenclothing.com and type in code SKINNY for 20% off your first order plus free shipping. Make sure you get the black flares. That's Michael. L-A-U-R-E-N clothing.com with promo code SKINNY for 20% off your first order plus free shipping. We'll be right back with Ali Hilfiger. Hey, I'm Steve Bertoni, host of the Forbes Interview Podcast, where we sit down with the people you see on the cover of Forbes. We're talking the world's wealthiest and most influential leaders. Like Richard Branson, Jessica Alba, Adam Carolla, Ashton Kutcher, Michael Phelps, Jason Derulo, Guy Siri, and IEX CEO Brad Katsuyama. All this on the Forbes Interview. Download or subscribe on podcastone.com or iTunes. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. All right, you guys, we are here with the cutest, Allie Hilfiger. She's a writer, artist, designer, was on the reality show Rich Girls, recently published author, which we'll get into, and she is the daughter to Tommy Hilfiger and engaged with a little girl. Yeah, a little girl. Hi. Hi. And producer. We were just talking right And before. producer. Yeah. Yep. Got a lot going on. Yes, a lot. I do. I know. So I was really interested in talking with you because I read your book by me, and I loved it. Thank you. So just tell us like about you, about your book, everything. We want to know everything. All right. Well, first of all, how, how did you find it? What was the... What made you want to read it? I think it was someone Instagrammed it. Okay. And I was interested in learning more about Lyme disease, and I fell in love with you while I was reading it. Aw. And I watched a reality show when I was in high school, and so it was just really interesting to see more layers of you through the book, and at the end, I was like, oh my God, I got to interview her. Aw. Well, I definitely don't hold back in the book. No. And I, <laughs> I had gone through so much in my life, and I thought, you know, this, these experiences have to be talked about in order to help other people maybe go through some of theirs, because I knew that um, what I had gone through, especially with Lyme disease, it needed to be talked about. There's so much misconception and confusion around Lyme disease, and it's it's really sad because so many people are sick and suffering out there and dying and um it's just so misunderstood so i thought let me, let me bring some clarification awareness and education behind what this disease is really about and how it affects people and it's a really widely growing epidemic in our country in the world actually now it's in all 50 states in 80 countries and um so many people are just devastated and they don't know what to do. So I thought, you know, I could also maybe offer a couple of tips and hints and solutions that I used for me that don't cost any money, like writing exercises and, you know, mindfulness exercises that you can do that really helped me get through my hard journey. But basically, I was bit by a tick at seven years old. 
and became really, really sick all throughout my childhood and teenage years. But, you know, in my teenage years, I also started working in the fashion industry, in the entertainment industry, acting, producing, designing. I did the Rich Girls show, which was, you know, a very bittersweet experience. And then I experienced a major psychotic and psychiatric breakdown from the Lyme disease invading my brain. And thank God a doctor there noticed and they were like, she was like, no, this isn't, you know, anything else. This is, this is Lyme disease. And the doctors found it. It was like in my blood. It had come up through the, you know, over the count. It was, it was very clear that I had Lyme disease and a co-infection called Bibesia. And, you know, I had been tested before for Lyme disease and they said, oh, it's borderline or it's not enough for us to diagnose or, but it got worse because the testing is so inaccurate. So then, I mean, that wasn't the end of the story. It wasn't like, yeah, I got, got diagnosed, let's move on. It was, oh my God, I've got these treacherous years ahead of me to try to treat it because there's really no cure once it's gone untreated and undiagnosed for as long as it had been for me, which was like over 12 years. So the, the journey through getting well was really what I talk about a lot in the book as well. Because it, it can be very depressing and very lonely and very discouraging and a lot of ups and downs. And, and I came to a place of, instead of feeling victimized by the disease, I became like a warrior. And I was like, I am ready to battle this. And I'm not going to let this get in my way. Because there was like a moment where I was like, I'm either going to live in a bed for the rest of my life and feel dead or die or I'm going to, I had this clear vision of my life ahead of me with like having a family and having a baby and doing more things and designing more clothes and making more movies and, and, you know, making more social impact documentaries and things like that. So I really put on my battle gear and and went more toward the natural homeopathic um, meditation, eating clean, changing lifestyle route, which was a lot harder but it was actually a lot better. So to back up just a little bit, how did you end up in the psych ward to get the diagnosis? Like, right. What, how did, like, because I know there was a process and maybe you didn't know at the time you said you got bit when you were seven, mm-hmm. but did you did you always know it was Lyme disease or were you unsure what was going on? I had no idea. I knew something was wrong because I had constant pain in my body and my joints and was fatigued a lot and um, had a lot of strep throat. And then my reading skills and memory started to deteriorate kind of kind of around like eighth or ninth grade and i had a lot of fainting spells because of of weakness in my blood and uh you know the the sort of psychotic breakdown happened right after the tv show came out and i think that i was it was like a mixture of um being completely freaked out that i was like all of a sudden famous and I couldn't go to a Target without being recognized, and it was really overwhelming to me, and there was nobody managing me or protecting me. And um, there were a couple of traumatic things that happened during the filming that I don't get into in the book, but this would affect anyone. And so I, I didn't have any tools to process anything that happened, and let alone like 
being a star of re- one of the first reality shows on television. What year, what year was that? 2003. Yeah, okay, this so was, was before early. The Hills. This was, this before, was right, right after The Osbournes. Yeah, you guys, the, I, I think that was the first show where I felt like I was watching like someone that was our age. You guys were... They, the way, though, that they interpreted you through Rich Girls is completely different than I feel like how you are and in the book. I know. I learned so much more about you through the book than I did on the show. Well, I mean, and this, the other thing is, you know, the, the, the TV show misportrayed me so greatly that I was heartbroken. It, I was heartbroken. And so I just, and I didn't have any direction in my life. And, you know, I, Lyme disease bugs were eating my brain, essentially, and not putting enough oxygen in my brain. And, and I did things like I, I, I was talking in circles. I was having anxiety attacks. I was constantly nauseous. I was paranoid that I was being followed. I couldn't organize my thoughts at all. Like I couldn't, or I couldn't figure out how to get to the kitchen to make myself food. I couldn't wow. figure out even how to like take a shower and get it. It was I was so dis, dis, kind of crippled. And for people that don't know what Lyme's disease is, can you explain when you say bugs are eating your brain? Sure. Like, explain that because you go in depth in the book. Mm-hmm. But I just want like just someone that has no idea what it is. So a brief like science. Like here's my nerd in me. Lyme disease is a bacterium. It's a, it's a corkscrew bacterium that lives inside of ticks. And the ticks bite and feed off of animals, deer and everything. And, and they attach onto you. And if they've been attached onto you, then they put these little teeth in your skin and transmit the Lyme disease. And these spirochete bacterium go into the mitochondria of your cells and kind of corkscrew their way in and they spread. And they multiply. And does it have to be a certain tick? It does have to be a certain tick. However, that's now changing. Okay. Because is it like a deer tick? Is that? It's a, a classically a deer tick. However, okay. right now it's more than just a deer tick, which is really scary. And um, there is not only one strain of the bacterium. There are multiple strains of the bacterium, which is why it's difficult to, de- to detect. Also, once the corkscrew gets into that mitochondria inside of the cell. If you don't catch it right away and blast it with antibiotics immediately, it fil- it creates this film and this barrier around the cell that's almost impenetrable. So is that why it's so hard to diagnose? The reason why it's so hard to, to, to diagnose is because the tests are so old. It's like having a typewriter instead of like a Mac Pro. Okay. And you yeah. said when you were going through this, a lot of people said that you were negative. Like a lot of doctors said, you're not, you don't have it. They said, because there's a lot of false negatives that come up because right. the testing is so inaccurate and there's so many strains of the bacterium, so it's not sensitive. It's not a very sensitive test. It would be like if you were pregnant and you peed on a popsicle stick. Yes or no. I'm not going to tell you. Right. Got it, got it. So you're saying so you can't. There's nothing black and white about the test. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So can you tell us the story of how you figured out that it was Lyme disease? Sure. So I was like going crazy, writing on the walls, like totally sick of like materialism, and I was having this like spiritual breakthrough also at the same time. And my dad was like, "Holy shit! Like we need to get her into a hospital." I had no idea that he was planning this. Uh, my mother thought that I needed like a good psychic. <laughs> and anyway, he tricked me and I thought I was going to Jamaica. I was like, you know what? I just need to go to Jamaica, have a vacation, be by myself, like chill out by the beach, be in nature. I'm like t- totally hippie at heart. 
I just like want to be barefoot naked on an island somewhere all the time. Like I love it. And so he said, all right, let's get in the car. I'll bring you to the airport. I packed my bag, got in the car. And I was like, you're not going to the airport. Where are we going? He's like, I'm taking you to the emergency room. And I was like freaked out. I thought that there were going to be cameras there and people and stalkers and all these things. And um, we got there. They injected me with something. And I woke up the next day. And I looked down. And the shoelaces were out of my Adidas sneakers in this ho- and, and I was like in this little bed in this room alone. Did your dad think you were doing drugs? Yeah, I think he thought that I had like I, I smoked weed to ease the pain and the nausea, like the, the the knee pain, the joint pain, and the nausea. So I think he thought that the weed must have been laced with something, or he thought that I did something besides weed. But like I really swear to God, I didn't. So and maybe the weed was laced. Who knows? But. It, that must have been difficult having your family question you. Like yeah, it, it was. It was. It was very difficult. It was very. They were very confused. They didn't understand. And I think to this day, my dad kind of thought, "God, was she, was she smoked? Did I let her just smoke too much weed and it got to her?" I, you know, it's the poor guy. Can you imagine? Yeah, and it, it just anyone out there that's maybe having the same struggle mm-hmm. that you were having in their family doesn't understand. What what can they do to bring awareness or or just what what do they tell their family? How do they approach this? You know, it's it's tough because you have to really advocate for yourself, and you have to do what's right for you in a very authentic way. If it's and you have to know, you have to educate yourself. And if you have to, if you educate yourself about Lyme disease or about a chronic illness and the healthiest ways to support what you're going through, then you have to do that and stay true to yourself and then give your family a book to read because it, nobody gets it until they feel it. And that is what's happened with Yolanda on Housewives, who I really I respect for bringing attention and living her truth. I know. It seems like she was completely authentic with yeah. her diagnosis, and I feel like that brought awareness to it. It absolutely did. I, I really, really applaud her for being so vulnerable and so raw on that show. Because she is that. Like we're, She and I are good friends, and she's an amazing, really down-to-earth, authentic, genuinely amazing sweetheart. And it just broke my heart to see her ripped apart by all those women and to not believe somebody with like a physical illness. It's like, okay, so if somebody walks in and says, I just got diagnosed with AIDS and everyone in the room is like, you're a liar, you're making this up. Why would someone want to make that up and feel like what? Yeah, we get into this all the time on the show. I don't, I just, my issue with it is why is somebody, why is people so concerned with other people's health and issue? I mean, to, to chime in on someone else's They need else's a storyline. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think it's productive anyway. So can you describe the conversation with your family, with your loved ones, when you actually had a diagnosis and they had a diagnosis? Sure. So, well, I met the psychiatrist in the hospital, and I was talking to her, and, and then later on I said, I, you know, I have this joint pain and these memory problems and these sleep problems and headaches and night sweats and everything. She said, well, we're going to send you to a Lyme doctor. And I said, oh, I've been to one. She said, no, no, just please just go again. It's been years. Went to the doctor, got the blood test, which is like pints of blood, by the way. And a couple weeks later, I get the, the call to come in and get the diagnosis. And I think my dad came in with, in with me the second time. I felt validated. I felt like I had won the lottery. I was like, whoa, I am not a liar. I'm not making this up. I'm not a psychiatric patient. 
you know, I'm not a drug addict. I am a woman and child who was ill Sick. for years. And nobody did anything about it. They tried. My family tried. My parents were wonderful people, really, really loving, loving people. Like, kind of never met anybody like them in the world. And I felt bad for them, too. I was like, oh, my God, like, this this sucks for you guys, too. But it, it, at the end, it was a big relief for everybody. So if someone's out there, what are symptoms that maybe if they don't know what's going on? Because you said for so long you had no clue what was happening. What can If someone's listening and they're dealing with some of these symptoms, what are they? You know, I, I would go, there are so many. I would go on to projectlime.com and see what they say on, on different websites because it, there are so many and so many different people have different symptoms. I mean, classically, it's extreme fatigue, constant headaches, confusion, memory loss, uh, a lot of joint pain, aches and pains in their legs, and you know, a noticeable difference in their cognitive abilities and fatigue, you know, and function. And um, I think that if you know that you've been in a woody area or in grass and you've been bit by a tick even if you don't know that you've been you don't have to get the bullseye rash that's a that's a not true you don't always when you get bit by a tick some a lot of people don't even know so if you get bit by a tick and you don't have the bullseye rash should you still go get tested absolutely 100 percent immediately as soon as you find that tick you first of all it's a very specific way you have to pull it off and take it off i mean i just go go get right to a doctor so, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. You don't have to get the rash. Wow. You're, hearing you describe all this is crazy because now, like, looking at you and hearing you speak, you're obviously very composed and clear. And so what 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 can you do to treat this? Like, what did you start to do to, to get better? I mean, my story is very complicated. I went, was years with an IV, uh, a... Um, a pick, a pick line, pick line. into my heart with oh my IVs God. and and con- like boatloads of antibiotics and herbs, and then I moved on to homeo- homeopathy and different drops and again IVs and injection. I mean, I, I did so much that I, I can't even can't I, figure out. Like, I wish, one, one I thing. wish, I wish that that's what we're trying to figure out. The Global Lyme Alliance is an incredible organization that is working their tails off with the medical community to find an accurate way to diagnose and test, like a really clear macro <laughs> way to test, as well as a way to treat especially chronic Lyme disease. Because once that biofilms around the cell and it's impenetrable, we're trying to find something that can penetrate that and to like, get you better. So that's crazy. I feel like in 20 years, people are going to look back on this and be like, wow, I can't believe people were so ignorant about this. Hey, there, there's a really good book out there actually by Dr. Richard Horowitz called um, How Can I Get Better? Or And he has his, his first book is Why Can't I Get Better? But it's by Dr. Richard Horowitz and his books are so helpful. Did they were you, like my Bibles. And they and they, they tell you all the symptoms, the way to help, the way to treat, the different ways to help yourself. It's incredible. Did you, do you see him in the book? I feel like you said you mm-hmm. saw him. You I met did. with him. Yes. Okay. Yes, I And did. he's incredible. He's incredible. I actually hang out with him now. I go to dinner with he and his wife. His wife is a really amazing astrologer. And um, he's just an amazing gentleman, and he's really informed and kind and compassionate and really cares about what he does. And he's, he's doing a lot in this world um, to, to help practitioners 
be better practitioners when dealing with their patients. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. People need to read that book if they're struggling with this, I feel like. Absolutely. So tell us about your process of writing Bite Me. Okay, so we, well, so after I had a clothing line called Nom, and I got so sick, and I was devastated because I thought I was really better. I got so, so sick. And I had to close the company, which was completely devastating to me. It was like losing a, ch- I don't know, losing a child. That's kind of extreme, but it was it was very sad. And um, I said to Steve, I don't think I can live in New York anymore. I mean, I was born and raised in New York, worked in New York all my life, went to school there, everything. And I said, I, I don't think I can do it anymore. I think it's making me sick. I think it's perpetually keeping me ill. I said, we have to move. And lo and behold, he got another job offer out here in L.A. And I said, that's where we're going. Let's go. Let's go chase the sun. And we took a road trip out here. And, and, and right before the road trip, I sat down on my laptop and wrote out a few paragraphs. And I said, I think I'm going to write a book about this. And um, about a year into living in L.A., I became pregnant. And I had no, I did not think that I could get pregnant. I really didn't. And I, like, as soon as we found out, we went to, like, so many doctors, like, is this okay? Am I healthy? Is the baby, everything was fine. And I said, this is when I'm going to write the book. So I sat down with a friend every Wednesday and read her a chapter out loud. And I had to write a chapter a week. And I was held accountable. And she was a writer and author herself. And so she'd give me notes. And it was a really cathartic healing process for me because it kind of, like, was like closing a, a huge chapter of my life and moving forward. And then when I gave birth, we sold the book. It was kind of Wait, crazy. self-published or published or do you have a publisher? No, I have a publisher. Okay. Yes. I think that's really cool that you were held accountable for people that want to do something or write a book or execute a blog. I love that you said every Wednesday you would do a little bit and kind of chip away at it until it became this amazing book. Exactly. Yeah, it's, that's great advice. When you had it somebody is. holding you accountable, you had to read it to them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and it's the same with meditation. I mean, I just went to like a Buddhist Zen meditation retreat for like a day with my girlfriend. And the teacher said, you know, it's not realistic to say, I'm going to meditate twice a day, every day going forward. No, that's not realistic. Why don't you start with five minutes a day at first? Because it's a new year. And then you have to hold yourself accountable and, and get your partner's number, call them every Sunday, every week and say, how did you do this week? And you've got to make yourself accountable for things. It's difficult. You get busy. We forget. But if I think, oh, my God, I've got to call Courtney and tell her whether I meditated or not, like my ego and my pride want to say, guess what? I meditated five times this week. That's really good advice, uh, especially a lot of the listeners are bloggers or they're, they're cry- trying to kind of build something or write something. So that's amazing advice. There's some extreme advice that I heard someone give and it said, if you're trying to get in shape, take a picture of your body in your underwear before you do it and you give yourself a month to lose X amount of pounds or do whatever and you give it to like one of your closest friends and if you don't go to the gym and you don't lose the weight and this is just an example for fitness that they're allowed to post the picture to everyone and <gasps> oh so this guy did a test with five different people like two, uh, five people and then their five friends and all five of them lost the weight <gasps> wow because they figured if I don't, this my body's going to be shamed in front of everyone. Vanity really is a good motivator. It's, pretty, yeah, it's, true. it's, <laughs> it's like with smoking. You don't want. I used to be a smoker, and you know, not only with like Lyme disease, you can't smoke. It's like lack of oxygen. It's what's and, and 
including everything else that's bad with it. Yeah, but can you can you drink? Can you like for, with, for with a woman though? But we don't want the li- I don't want the lines. Yeah. like that's so ugly or the smell. So vanity is great. Drinking is a good question. Drinking you have to be careful with. However, if you do everything in moderation and you don't overdo it and you choose wisely, then yeah, you can have a drink or two. It's not a big deal. You can't like be drinking a bottle a night. You know what I mean? But if you're smart about it, you choose organic things and nothing with too much sugar and you know you don't overdo it, then then you're okay. That makes sense. So so as you're writing the book, are you still struggling with Lyme disease? No, um, not. No, I was pregnant and feeling feeling pretty good actually. It was it was after the book tour. I was like, oh my god, I'm exhausted. I need to take a break and like go on another thing of homeopathics just to kind of upkeep my body. And that's been great. Tell that's me about great. homeopathics. I want to know about that. I don't know. They're little drops that you take under the tongue or in, in a little water, and and they're great. I mean, I, I don't really want to get into it too much because I'm not an expert or anything, but they've worked for me. I also believe in just a really clean, healthy diet. I think you are what you eat, and when you are what you put in your body. So if you choose whole foods, like this morning, I had um, I like kind of make these big salads every week. So I had a couple salads, like a lentil parsley salad, and then a quinoa red bean chive with uh, fried egg and some steamed like uh, squash. And you just like it's kind of easy because it's in the fridge already. You throw it in a bowl and fry an egg and throw it on top, and it's done. <laughs> it's so easy. healthy eating, moderation. Yeah, no cigarettes. No, yeah, you just have Sounds to be familiar, smart. Huh? <laughs> you just have to be smart and like healthy. And no one's going to be perfect. Like you can't. Also, a hu- the hugest part in my book at the end of the book, I talk about um, the power of being kind to yourself. And forgiving yourself and not being too hard on yourself. Because if I go out and have a glass of red wine or two and eat a bowl of pasta at an amazing Italian restaurant, I'm not going to go home and beat myself up for it. You're I'm going to say, life. oh my God, this is amazing. What a great night. I had so much fun. And like really bring like positive vibrational energy into it. I'm not going to, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And now I'm going to feel like shit. No, you've got to bring positive thinking to whatever you're doing. And if you don't, then you're going to feel negative. You're going to, your body's going to feel the negative vibrations. So I have a lot of writing exercises at the end of my book that help tremendously. That helped me in ways that I can't even explain to you. I think I, did you, I was reading something. Did you do some kind of like strategy wheel? I'm mm-hmm. probably saying focus it, wheel. Focus wheel. Yep. It's a, a focus creation wheel. Um, and that's one ex- writing exercise, and the other one are written intentions. And it's a very specific like, f- it's a f- formula, so you have to follow it with the directions. And if you do those written exercises, and I did them every single day in this notebook, almost every single thing happened. It was wild. That's creating a strategic future. Well, it's yeah. like writing affirmations, too. I, I write in a right. journal in the morning. But So where can people find that? On my we, website or website. in the back okay. of my book. Maybe that's where I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really yeah, cool. we got to do that. I was doing my research. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. So my last question yes. for you is today, like right now, Lyme disease never goes away, right? Technically and scientifically, no. Okay, so how are you coping today? What have you done to sort of get to where you are? Like, what's your day-to-day with it? My day-to-day with it is waking up saying I'm so grateful for everything in my life. 
And I really, I really focus a lot on gratitude. And I, and I believe in, you know, p- people exercise their bodies and we, and we brush our teeth to maintain our oral hygiene. I believe in also emotional, spiritual, psychological hygiene. And so if I walk into my day with a healthy practice, mental practice, then that translates into my physical body. And I do something every day to make myself happy. And for that, for me, that's spending time with my daughter and Steve. And I also put really healthy things into my body and know that, you know, moderation is definitely the, the golden rule. So, so today not it- too much popcorn. <laughs> So, uh, it was so nice to have you here. Tell everyone where you, they you. can find you. Thanks give everything, that, all the info. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You can find me on Instagram at Allie Hilfiger, and my book is called Bite Me, and I have a website called AllieHilfiger.com. I highly recommend her book, you guys, to all Skinny Confidential readers. You guys will love it. I read it in like two days. Well, it's, it's a so funny good. book. It's like an entertaining, it's a quick plane read. It's a good airplane book. It's I very think. informative, too. It is informative, but it's like when people hear like, oh, it's informative, it's like, it's not boring because when I hear like informative and like I'm like oh that's, that's a little like, to, like remember information <laughs> no it's, it's, it's not boring it's actually thank you it's it, the, you tell your whole life it's like your life story it's almost like an autobiography a little bit it is and my father just came out with his oh he did mm-hmm. I want to read it what's it called American Dreamer oh you gotta read that too yeah. I want to yeah. read both of them yeah so I uh, just before we go what's what's next what's for you a lot of things are next actually possibly a podcast uh-huh. I know and um talking about designing clothes again i really really miss designing clothes and i'm producing a documentary now called the lime trials co-producing it with mickey sumner it's um, by lindsey keys directed written and directed by lindsey keys and it's um, going to bring a lot of awareness and hope to the lime community as well as the world so check it out on limetrials.com very cool thank you so much for being here thank you for having me guys I think that interview was really awesome. A lot of value there. What an interesting person, interesting life. So just want to thank Allie Hilfiger again for coming in. We got to have her on for part two. Yeah. There's a couple other questions I want to ask her. Yeah, we'll have her on again. Before we take off, I want to jump in real quick and tell you guys about Amazon. Everyone knows that the world shops online now. People only go to the malls to drop the kids off or buy a super pretzel. And of course, Amazon is the biggest online mall in the universe. But did you know that every time you guys use Amazon, you could be helping us keep this podcast going? Yes, that's right. If you use our Amazon banner when you shop, a small amount of the purchase goes directly to help support this podcast at no extra cost to you. Okay, so here's how you do it. Go to Podcast One, click on the Killer Deals link, click our show logo, and you'll see Amazon and all our sponsors. Then when you click the link, bookmark it so it's super easy to use the next time. It's a cool way you can help us keep producing this podcast every week. All right, you guys, remember to send in your questions to Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag AskHimAndHer. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week. Hopefully we can do call-ins soon. Make sure to fill out the form on the Skinny Confidential under podcast. We actually just put on, I don't even know if you've seen it yet, but we I just had a new uh, form put in on your site at theskinnyconfidential.com on the podcast page. You can actually go and put your name or username 
and then ask a question and just hit submit and it automatically sends it to the podcast at the Skinny Confidential email. So if you do that, we will feature that question on the show if it's chosen. And yeah, it's easier to do it that way. Like your social media handle. You put your social media handle, your name, whatever you want to plug. and um, You can invite Taylor on a date, whatever. We'll answer the question. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, with Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick. Download new episodes every Tuesday at podcastone.com or subscribe now on the Podcast One app. My name is Anthony Ponce, and I used to be a reporter on NBC. But I got tired of being part of traditional news media. So I quit that job and became a Lyft driver. And now I interview whatever passengers end up in my backseat. So if you want to hear the best stories that real people tell me when we're driving around the city, check out my podcast. It's called Backseat Rider on podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, and iTunes.